Welcome to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Whether you're listening live on the Community Radio Network or via podcast, here's the show where you learn from experts, be inspired by journeys, and discover more about making your small business a success. I'm Alexi Boyd, broadcaster, advocate, and small business owner. Let's meet today's guests. Well, welcome to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd, whether you're listening live on Triple H 100.1 FM or via podcast. Here's the show where you learn from experts, be inspired by journeys and discover more about making your small business a success. I'm Alexi Boyd, broadcaster, advocate and small business owner. So Small Biz Matters is proud to announce our ongoing collaboration with the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office through regular updates from Bruce Bilson about all Aspifio is doing to advocate and support small business. In the fifth of our series, the new Ombudsman, Bruce Bilson, will update us about his response to the ongoing crisis facing small business. And this week, we're going to focus on mental health statistics, what they mean for small business, what about my business, the health program and the new access for small business program and what is it that they can access from beyond blue and why were these programs initiated in the first place what does this program aim to achieve in the small business community and why is this approach delivered through a coaching program bruce bilson is an independent advocate for small business owners he has the legislative power to influence our nation's lawmakers ensuring legislation and regulations are put in place to help small businesses grow and in these times survive. Welcome to the show, Bruce. It's fantastic to have you on the program for the very first time. Alexi, it's great to be with you and your audience. Uh, really interesting time for the small business and family enterprise community. Uh, you know, this whole COVID thing is still impacting on many businesses. Others, frankly, have had a good pandemic. Their businesses mm. have gone quite well. They've been in a position to take advantage of changes to the economy, changes to people's ability to move and the way consumers have been operating. Others have turned the corner and see some green shoots and some frankly are still doing it tough with uh, without the single thing that really matters at the end of the day customers there's no substitute for customers and some of our businesses and some of our regions are recovery impaired uh, we're thinking of them and uh, you know we're, we're uh, working hard to see what useful action steps we can put in place to support them and those people that rely on their enterprise yeah, it's certainly been an interesting time. We've gone through such huge um, turmoil and fluctuations. It's been interesting to see some industries pivot quite quickly and improve um, their their outlook over the next few months. But then in some of them are stuck in the doldrums. And I don't think it's, it's necessarily fair to say that those who pivoted um, succeeded and those who didn't or were stuck in the old way of doing business didn't. It, it's really horses for courses. And it, yeah. for some people and in some industries it worked and others it didn't. Um, I was reading an article about um, the effect that obviously the JobKeeper is going to have when, when that ends or has ended. And that's um, going to be an interesting time. And some advisors are thinking, well, um, it's a way to weed out those businesses that perhaps wouldn't have succeeded in any case. But then on the other hand, it's been a really tough time for business. Yeah, it has. And, and I mean, JobKeeper was a remarkably successful economy-wide intervention, which really was just what Australia needed, what Australian businesses needed, and, and the workforce that depended on the businesses receiving JobKeeper to keep that connection, keep a pulse in those enterprises. Some didn't need that. They were perhaps positioned to take advantage of, uh, you know, movement constraints. They have strong digital engagement, online presence, good fulfilment channels, could keep 
providing services and 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 over you know zoom and things like that who who hasn't had a stomach full of zoom but um <laughs> but others others it, it is just simply there is no substitute for customers and if you're in say melbourne cbd where 111 days of lockdown um there, there was you could fire a cannon down some of those thriving main streets and and no one was there and even as the economy turned and, and started to open up people kind of got used to working from home or significant numbers of days from home and and you think about what you know we'd call escape expenditure where do you spend your money away from where you live and for many people who move uh, who commute perhaps into central business districts they might buy their phone, their Rebox, their, you know, they might organise their insurance. They might all do that in their lunch hour or around their work. So that expenditure happens in the capital cities. When they're not there, that expenditure heads somewhere else. So you see a demand shift and through no fault of anybody's, uh, all of a sudden there are no customers because there's, there's no humans in your marketplace. And, you know, so that's still an ongoing challenge and uh, one that we're really alert to. It really does, though, talk to the helpfulness of being digitally engaged. And we know we've got some that are very digitally engaged, some that are hesitant, some that might have had a, a poor experience with, with technology vendors some years ago and a little reluctant. I mean, that's that's part of it. But for others, there's no one in your marketplace and it's a physical connection or some other way of getting access to customers that's just been cut off because of COVID. Um, that's tough. But, you know, Job job keeper was huge. Now we're seeing more targeted measures. Really, you know, like the airfare airfare discount and subsidy arrangements. That's getting customers into regions. And if you've got customers, um, small businesses and family enterprises have a chance to delight those customers and show what they can do and 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 get that income coming through their businesses. And you know, that is at the end of the day the lifeline that really all businesses need. They all need customers, Lexi. You know that exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that role um, that you have. Um, mm. One of the roles is, as Asbifio is, of course, to support small businesses in what you do. And there's been a great uh, effort in the last 12 to 15 months in supporting businesses in conjunction with real health, mental health experts like Beyond Blue. So tell me about some of the programs that small businesses can access and should access. I mean, I guess yep. today's program is about encouraging them to do that regardless of where they are, because we all know with mental health programs, it's great to have those strategies in place, even when you're in a good place. So tell me about those programs and how small businesses can access them. Well, Alexa, you'd know, and your audience would know that, you know, running a small business or a family enterprise, it's a wonderful opportunity. It is a big responsibility, but it's also a unique experience, which often involves stresses stresses about how to keep the business viable, about the, the team that you're so dependent upon, that personal commitment to their success, so interwoven with your own business success. And, and, that, and at a time like, uh, like COVID, you know, there are many more challenges on top of those that come with that, that responsibility and privilege to be a, a business owner in Australia. Those challenges, they accumulate if they're left unaddressed, they can really have a longer lasting impact on your emotional wellness. And, and if your emotional wellness is challenged, 
how well are you placed to deal with those challenges that are coming towards you? Now, we've been really fortunate uh, in the uh, small business and family enterprise community to have Kate Carnell uh, at the heart of so much that's going on. Um, the predecessor for me in this role, our inaugural Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman, but what a unique uh, coalescence of interest and expertise that role in Aspithio and Kate's former role and ongoing role through Beyond Blue, she saw probably earlier than most and quite vividly that, that good emotional health and mental health was really a, a positive for business owners and business leaders in, in being able to address those challenges that are before them. So, so largely off the back of Kate's energy and insights, this collaboration emerged, Alexi, where this office, the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office, collaborated with Beyond Blue to develop something quite specific, quite tailored, and, and, and all about you know, coaching, support, giving business owners and small business leaders the chance to gain some new tools and some new insights, not only about themselves and their own conditions and how that impacts on their decisions and their performance, but some coping mechanisms, some ways of understanding when those pressures were mounting and that, uh, you know, taking some action through the work of a one-on-one -on -one -on -one coach through Beyond Blue. And that's where this new access program emerged. What a great initiative. So that's being rolled out now. It is tailored for small business and family enterprises. It is uh, involves coaches that are experienced and seasoned in those challenges and the unique circumstances of running a business, but also then supplemented with uh, coaching and insight that Beyond Blue brings and bring a really useful toolkit to, uh, to our community. Now, Beyond Blue has been working with specifically business advisors, such as accountants or bookkeepers or people who are quite intrinsic to the, the, the running of a small business on a day-to-day -day basis. They've been doing that for quite a while through the um, My Business Health program, which was launched in 2019. Is this building on that existing program and sort of integrating a coaching system into that? Uh, is that where the evolution yeah. of the programs come from? Yeah, that's, that's spot on. And, and it also recognises a different set of challenges. Uh, in my former role with Deakin University, we were very much a part of uh, that coaching program with Beyond Blue, Deakin University, some of our major accounting firms, particularly uh, particularly Andrew Conway and, and his team uh, at the uh, Institute of Public Accounts, really recognising that often trusted advisors are the first to know. You know, they are they are the, the the first to know that there is a an emerging or an apparent uh, emotional health challenge that a business owner is facing. And too often they were sitting there seeing these signs and really not knowing what the best action step is they could take. That program was actually tooling up accountants and trusted advisors to recognise the signs, but then know where to get the best help. Uh, that 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 client, that business owner and leader, uh, could tap into. So that was part of it. This one actually goes to that next step. It then says, well, with those business owners, uh, if they are having you know mental health challenges or really emotional stress that's impacting on their wellness and impacting on their ability to navigate these challenging economic times, what one-on-one -on -one coaching could we could we put in place? What what new insights, new tools, new coping mechanisms, new understandings about what was going on with themselves 
so that they could manage themselves as well as they possibly can and through that be the best manager and leader of their business. So that's that next evolution. It's a fantastic initiative and uh, we're really excited about it and to be partnering with Beyond Blue is, is a real treat and uh, that program's scaling up but it's, uh, it's underway now. And, and my understanding is that just so people who are listening can access the program, you go to the Beyond Blue website and you look for the um, new access for small business information or you simply look up yeah. small business mental health and that'll guide you towards your own coach. And I think believe that there's six free sessions that's available that's through the funding. Yeah. Well, I, I'd probably pump air into the My Business Health website of Aspithio, that's another channel in. Yes. Um, why, why I'd suggest, you know, uh, your audience Googles My Business Health, it'll come up, that's our website. Not only is this coaching program there, there are other tools there about checking in on, on the pulse within your business where avenues of support during this pandemic area and other grants and advice might be available. And then in addition to it is that access into the new access program. So that's probably a good resource for people wanting to check out what's available to help them navigate these times. Six free sessions. Um, it is one-on-one -on -one coaching, so really worthwhile. But, but the, the question would be, well, well, why have we done this? Well, the, the, the Australian government surveyed a thousand small business owners and one in three identified themselves that they had stress, anxiety or depression. Uh, one in three are really feeling that, that pressure themselves. Have those, and numbers, have those numbers changed in the last um, in the last 12 to 24 months because of COVID? Look, that's hard to know, Alexi, and this is one of the things that we're all learning more about mental health, um, just quietly between you and me. I'm not <laughs> sure we had those numbers before. <laughs> so, you know, this is these are these are new insights and, you know, something that we'll keep a, a track on more closely over time because we're now all, as a society, as a community, appreciating that good mental health really helps us be our best selves in whatever we're doing with our lives, our relationships, our leadership of our businesses, our parenting, our friendship network. So that we're all seeing that. And that in this particular case, though, that one in three uh, you know, revealed this diagnosis around stress, anxiety or depression. And overwhelmingly, the main contributor was financial concerns. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, and you can see that you, know, you can feel the pulse of of people wondering. We just talked about JobKeeper. We've now got those uh, rental lease uh, arrangement holidays coming to an end. Well, not holidays, but reshaping coming to an end. And for those that have got uh, lines of credit finance, those uh, those financial institutions are now looking to reactivate servicing of those facilities. Um, you know, so there's a bit going on uh, and, and you can understand why that financial concern is very big in many people's minds right now. And of course, one of the, the worst parts of mental health conditions is the fact that you tend to bury your head in the sand and ignore um, what's what's happening around you and try and run away from any issues that are going, particularly with the business. And and that's a big risk. And I think that's where um, the, the acknowledgement that the advisors play such an important role is great, because although the business owner may be burying their head in the sand and a bit fearful to look at their figures, they've at least got a trust advisor that is constantly looking at that for them and then might be able to have the tentative discussion around mental health and support um, yep. in conjunction with, with the fact that those figures are going downhill. 
Yeah, and, and this is something we've been sharing with people um, as as we, we get through or the pandemic progresses and there's a, a, a new normal, if we could call it that way, um, that is an opportunity for a bit of a rethink and a reset. And we're encouraging people to get alongside their trusted advisors, have a look at, you know, really understand what's now happening to their businesses. Um, you know, has the market changed? Are there new ways of delighting consumers are competitors doing things that i might not be doing that i'm i maybe should are there are there new you know so the, the popular word pivot um have we have we cracked a great pivot during the year and and do we want to keep bits of the pivot with bits of the old business and end up with a hybrid model for our business what does that look like what's the revenue look like what are our overheads look like let's so there's a lot of deep thought going on and it's good that that deep thought is happening because the sooner that it is the better but part of that is checking in on one's own wellness and and you know we saw the productivity commission a few years ago did a, a really good piece of work i think it was released more recently but it started over a number of years extensive studies extensive interviews um, the, the cost of absenteeism and presenteeism, which is an interesting concept. That's where, you know, and, I, and I've talked to many small business owners, and I think there's probably even been times in my business life where I've sat there myself feeling a little overwhelmed. So I've actually been physically present, but really not that productive. Uh, so that presenteeism can be as punishing to, to a workplace and a team as absenteeism, we're kind of there, but you're not. And, and, and you know, those that sense of overwhelmingness is, is really quite challenging. And even pre-pandemic, they were saying that's about a $17 billion a year cost to the economy. And, you know, and thank you to MYOB, their own research has revealed, you know, more than half of small business owners feel, you know, the emotional weight of that responsibility running their own business. Uh, and, and a lot, again, nearly half of everybody reporting some uh, anxiety or depression in the MYOB study pointed to um, financial and cash flow concerns. So, you know, show me the dollars is, is, is part of it, but now is the time to think about a reset. How are we tracking? How am I tracking as a business owner and a leader? What does this mean for the enterprise? I have the privilege of leading. Well, I can really hope that the small businesses are going to take advantage of this wonderful program, um, which is obviously funded so well by, I imagine, the federal and state governments, or is it a federal no, this, government initiative? No, the former minister, Minister Michaelia Cash, was very attuned to these things. So she provided the funding, and we are working in collaboration with Beyond Blue, also Every Mind, and and uh, you know that's a, a development journey that's really not just about the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And this is why I, I, I pump air into the My Business Health portal. Um, you know, there's some practical, easy to read tips in there about managing the businesses, about you know the sorts of, of content, things that you should be considering now. What sort of support measures are around, as well as links to these uh, these key mental health resources and access to to uh, new access one-on-one -on -one coaching. We're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. And when we return to Triple H 100.1 FM, we're going to speak to Bruce a little bit about what he is hoping to achieve in the next six months uh, as part of his role in SBFEO. You're listening to Triple H. We'll be back after this. This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. Led by Kate Carnell since its establishment only four years ago, Aspifio has provided education, advocacy and support, including free assistance if a small business is involved in a dispute. 
The office also provides assistance for disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticultural and oil industry codes. Kate Carnell, as an independent advocate for small business owners, has the legislative power to influence our nation's lawmakers, ensuring legislation and regulations are put in place to help small businesses grow and in these times, survive. Small businesses are the engine room of the economy and it's Aspifio's role to do all they can to ensure they have the freedom to innovate, employ and thrive well into the future. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM. If you've just joined us, you are listening to Bruce Filson, who is the current Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman of Australia. He's just stepped into the role and just before the break, we were speaking about the mental health support packages that are available right now for you, any business type, any business size, please access them through the Aspifio website. And if you've missed any of today's show, you can of course catch up via our website, smallbizmatters.com.au, where there are now over 202 podcasts just like this one to learn about growing, uh, achieving and being your best business self. Uh, let's have another chat to Bruce now. I want to ask you about what you're hoping to achieve in the first six to 12 months. Now, this this role is something that you created as Minister for Small Business um, way back when in Parliament. And <laughs> now now it's almost coming to fruition. You're, you, you've had that experience working with the um, family. Um, uh, sorry, the the. Now, you tell me, what have you been doing the last few years that has led you into this role? <laughs> well, Alex, it's, uh, it's a treat to, and a real honour and privilege to be in the role. And yes, it, the irony is it was a role that I'd created. Uh, when I was Cabinet Minister for Small Business, um, I saw a, a number of challenges, uh, both within government and because of government, that really needed a champion to help navigate that complexity, uh, to give clarity in terms of advice and insight to government policymakers, and I suppose the third piece of that was we always have this ongoing challenge around dispute resolution, where you know an imbalance in power can often result in an imbalance in injustice. You know, if you and I were taking on a behemoth business because someone pinched your podcast Small Biz Matters model, and we wanted some justice, heaven forbid, and, and we we're up against a, a multinational uh, media company, uh, they could starve us out before we even got our day in court. So this idea about early dispute resolution was also a key part of it. Now I'm in this role, um, I'm, I'm rocketing towards the start of week four, so that's very exciting. Um, and I've got some very clear ideas about you know where I'd like to see the role evolve. And they very much go back to the reason I created it in the first place. Uh, where is that strong, clear clarion voice for small business and family enterprises in the machine, the mystery, the fog of government, of policy making, of program development. And that was that was what I tried to resolve when this role was created and thrilled in the way Kate Carnell embraced that aspect of the role, being that strong voice, being the, 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 the area, the point where it wouldn't matter where you were within government, if you wanted some insights about the lived experience, practical insights, real policy smarts around programs, legislation, policies and initiatives that impacted on small business, um, come to this office and we can help put you in touch with uh, the right people. We see time and time again, government departments with the best of all intentions, really keen to do the right thing, not being particularly clear on what that is and not having strong connections into the ground 
of, uh, of small business people that they can tap into to test to to enhance their consultation. So, you know, a department that rarely delivers a service to a small business, thinking about a program that would be good for small business, well, you can kind of see how that might end up not quite as you'd imagine. So we bring that insight. We also give a bit of a nudge factor. That is where there's a, a, an issue, a challenge uh, that small businesses and family enterprises are, are, are facing. We can surface that and bring that to the attention of decision makers. The other part, part two is around inquiries. You know, if there's a particular policy challenge, and I often use this term, we can't make a small business successful. That's not within our gift. But where we see headwinds and needless obstacles that serve no good purpose and make success a greater challenge for small business and family enterprises, that's where we hone in to say, hang on, rather than put the wind in the face of small business and have it have uh, enterprising men and women having a real uphill battle, why not do this, this and this and put the wind in the sails of small business and be a great ally and, and support for their entrepreneurship? So that's the other part of it. Often that's an inquiry, you know, that might be government saying, oh, here's a challenge. We're not quite sure what the solution is. We don't have the connection and the network on the ground into small business and family enterprise. Bruce, can you and your office inquire into A, B and C to, to, to surface the issue, to identify possible solutions and give us a recommendation? So we do that as well, based on the government asking us to do it but there's sometimes the government might not want us poking around a topic that might be a little bit politically challenging. So the legislation I put in place for this role enables the small business and family enterprise ombudsman to self-initiate an inquiry. So that's not always welcomed by policymakers and, and governments and parliamentarians. It's usually a great initiative in the eyes of small business and family enterprises. They're our constituency, so that's why we're focused on that. The last point, I suppose, Alexi, is dispute resolution. Um, we oversee mediation in a number of industry codes where there is a, you know, an imbalance in market power that can sometimes manifest itself in pretty ordinary conduct. We can get involved uh, through those industry codes or if a small business is having a challenge with government and government's not listening, we can go in and help facilitate a resolution. Or if it's across borders, won't get into the constitutional issues, but you know we can help in those spaces as well. So that's our core role. Um, my priorities in the next six months, obviously I've got to honor those three things because that's what the law says. Uh, but in doing so, a real focus on the recovery uh, during the pandemic, that's got to be a, a crucial area. Access to finance, still a huge challenge. You know, finance is the oxygen of enterprise. If it's too much, people get silly. If it's starved off, growth is inhibited, recovery is impaired. Uh, there's a bit of that going on. It's still too hard for really creditworthy businesses to get finance. The digital engagement piece, I think, you know, the pandemic's shown us that businesses that are more digitally engaged uh, are more resilient, have better prospects of survival, of uh, innovation of adaptation um, and there's some research around profitability likelihood to employ growth opportunities access to new markets that's all a, a very key part of it as well and then there's a, a couple of uh, favored sort of policy areas for me one's really around disaster recovery um, sadly we've had lots of that but where's the toolkit that says here's best practice disaster recovery. Um, you know, there's some opportunities there as well. So no shortage of things to do. Um, yeah. It's an independent role 
but getting things done requires collaboration as well. So I hope to bring those two uh, disciplines to the task. And one thing that's quite unique um, that you're doing differently is that you're going to be spending some time in Canberra and um, the remainder of the time or other times in and around other areas of Australia. Do you think that'll give you some unique insight and keep you tapped into what small business is experiencing then and now? Yeah, I think it'll be a, a real uh, advantage in that, um, you know, not all wisdom comes from one spot or one individual or one font. You know, there's there's people, yourself, Alexi, I mean, you've got some great insights and, and only 202 podcasts. You need to lift your game. I mean, that's hardly a <laughs> presence at all. Um, but, but, you know, there are people around that have a real pulse, uh, you know, understand the pulse and the... and you know, the, the, the bumps and the, and the road sort of blocks that small businesses are experiencing might be sectorial, might be geographic. And, and hey, how could you see more vividly the impact of different geographies and uh, on, on business success than we've seen, you know, with drought, fire, flood, pandemics? I mean, Jeepers, that's a that's a, a an incredible. Oh, we haven't. Well, I was going to say locust, but there's a bit of that going on in parts of the economy as well, as well as a, a mice plague in other areas. So, you know, just to get out, um, work collaboratively. Um, you know, we, we, this is a team sport. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're only going to win if we all sort of collaborate effectively and bring our A game every day. And and that's my task. Bring my A game every day. Try and help bring forward the A game of others, and that helps. Uh, the business owners and leaders bring their A game too, and that's so vital to our economy and our recovery and our, our prosperity. So it's a, it's a big calling. Well, it's fantastic. It's been great to have a chat to you today, Bruce, and find out where it is that you're you're heading in your role, the, the role that you created. So it's uh, it's like it's everything. It's a bit ironic, isn't it? <laughs> and um, I'm looking forward to working with you in Small Biz Matters into the future and hearing from your updates regularly. So if any of you have been listening, um, Bruce, where can people find out more about the wonderful work that Aspifio does for small business? Jump on. and sound like they're partly sneezing but um jump on the website uh Hang or on, even just can i just stop you there my um yeah. something, my internet just dropped out so i'm just going to do the where do people yep. find out more about you again we'll yep. cut that bit out um so thanks so much for coming on the program bruce where can people find out more about the wonderful work that aspifio does for small business well, jump on our website. Uh, the acronym uh, is fairly straightforward, Australian Small Business Family Enterprise Ombudsman. So A-S-B-F-E-O, BIFIO, is it so just rolls off the tongue. It's great, though. I mean, what a name. It sounds as good when you're a teetotaler like me as it does when you've had four glasses of red wine. <laughs> BIFIO still sounds the same. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, probably an easier thing to do is just Google My Business Health. That'll get you into our web portal if you can't find the SBPO website. But either way, punch it in. There's some good resources there, some good insights, and we hope to keep content fresh like yourself, Alexi, with with good value for people that are really navigating a challenging time of leading and running a small business and family enterprise and maximum respect to all those that have taken on that challenge. 
Exactly, and the challenge continues as the last 12 months have indicated. Congratulations to those of you who are seeing the end, light at the end of the tunnel. If you've missed any of today's program, you can, of course, catch up via smallbizmatters.com.au or iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your small business education podcasts. My name has been Alexi Boyd. Join us next week for another great guest and ways to learn, grow and invest in your small business future. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks again, Bruce. Thanks, Alexi. Awesome. Well done. Woo-hoo. That was fantastic. Abaruchi. <laughs> Thank you. That was um it's uh it's good to have the the long form, I think. Um yeah. it just gives you the opportunity to not have to cram everything into four minutes of chat. Excellent. And thank you for your ongoing support of the radio show. And um I'm not sure what it's gonna look like in the next few months. Um we'll have to see. It's how be that huge. Well, it's be fab. Yeah, there's, there's certain things that are going to have to change in, in my life, but we'll uh, <laughs> cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'll be there for the Cosboa conference, although I think Great. you're not, maybe you're not in. Oh, I think I'm there for part of it, not all of it. So, okay. uh, yeah. Have you got my mobile number? I don't. Would you like to have my mobile number? Yes, yes, please. That would be helpful. So, um, just mm-hmm. because then I've got. Well, I, I, I don't use and abuse that. Believe me, but yes, oh, cool. that would be brilliant. So it's zero four one nine. Zero four one nine. Five double eight. Five double eight. Seven eight one. Seven eight one. Fantastic. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, so I will. Do you want me to get in touch with you if because I'm going to be there for the day before. The director yeah, just summit. sing out. Okay. Yeah, just, just sing out when you're heading over and uh, uh, we'll rend this vase. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. Looking forward to it. Lots of great adventures to have That'd in the fab. next few months. Thanks so much, Thanks, Bruce. Alexi. Have a great Take day. care. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. This week's episode was proudly broadcast from Triple H Studios in Sydney, Australia and sponsored by the Office of the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. If you've enjoyed listening, go ahead and give us some thank you stars on your podcasting platform. It would be much appreciated. Then head to the Small Biz Matters website where you can listen to over 170 episodes, read more about our speakers and find out how to become a media partner. See you all next time.